Three mums, one podcast. This is Only Mums. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Only Mums podcast. We are Emily, Tara and Hannah and we're here to talk to you about how shit it is to be a mum sometimes. How have you all been this week? Really good actually. I went to, I've uh, been taking Oakley to Little Jim and he's obviously he's a COVID baby so he's like a little bit like, I've never really done anything with him and I felt quite guilty that I hadn't done anything but I take him to Little Jim. It's basically like gymnastics for toddlers. Week one, he'd just like disappear off and not listen to what the teacher was saying but actually now he's like really got into it. Like he walks in, he goes and gets his bells and he sits down and he like sits there waiting ready for the song so actually I've like it's, he's really come on with it but it, it was it's really obvious that all of the kids that are in that group are all COVID babies because they've, they've obviously um, all had the same like lack of interaction with other children. Well I saw you I think after Oakley just ran into the living room and went I love little Jim. Yeah. And I was like oh that's you're him. so cute. That's his yeah this is the latest thing so like you'll pick him up from nursery and he's like I love little Jim and you're like <laughs> do we well, tell you, him he's not going today or you better love it for 75 pound a month yeah 75 pound a month kids you better fucking love it so <laughs> yeah so we've done done a little bit of little gym um the weather was all right at the start of the week so we we're able to get out and go for a walk because that's another thing that helps so yeah we um went for a little wander but apart from that nothing nothing too extravagant from me how about you guys um the usual juggle for me really work horses dogs baby <laughs> honestly I don't know I just like the fact that you've gone back to work and you're trying to work and have two horses and manage two dogs is just insanity yeah some weeks feel more manageable than others I think it depends how busy work is whether India's teething or poorly or sleeping well and whether the horses have four legs and no you know <laughs> Other ailments. Is it four <laughs> shoes, actually? Oh, all four shoes. Yeah, that would be handy. We've, we've not managed four shoes for an entire month in the last six months. You're fi- um, like financially, they are raping your ass. Just like, oh, yeah, I see, I see, you've got no money. <laughs> let me just kick this shoe off and let you go find it. Crack on. Let me add to your never-ending vet bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't envy you at- anymore at all. Not no. having a horse. It's been- not. Yeah, it's fine. It's just, it's more manageable when the weather's nice. We've it's been really fine. lucky recently with the weather and then all of a sudden today has just taken a massive turn and it's oh, today's been awful. Busy. Yeah, I've not, I've not left the house today. I was... washed and blow dried my hair. What a waste. Hannah colouring it this morning for me. <laughs> um, and then it rained all day. So I went on the school run and got absolutely soaked. I was like, great. You're there rocking up thinking you're like milf of the year. <laughs> By the time I got home, I looked like a drowned rat. <laughs> But apart from that, I've not really done much this week. Um, done. I went to a Heartbeats class with Winnie. It was the last one. And then uh, she loved it so much, I've ended up booking on to the next term. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what do they do? What do they do at Heartbeats? Is it like just singing and sensory? Yeah, it's like singing. They sit around in a circle. We do lots of like different sign language dancing does she come home and do it does she come home does she come home and like like the sign language side of it do they she come home and do like symbols i think you're supposed to but i mean i've got memory of a sieve so i can't even remember how to say hello just for the people listening i just waved blankly at her just you know (laughs) um but yeah it's 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 a good class and she enjoys it so yeah 
I'm going to carry on. For those of you that don't follow us at all on Instagram, we have had very, very different experiences with regards to getting pregnant. Um, I am a mum of three and each pregnancy was completely different and each pregnancy or getting the process of getting pregnant wasn't the same. For example, with Archie, it was very, very like quick, <laughs> bit of a bit of a surprise. Um, Oakley took a little bit longer and Ottie was was a surprise. But obviously you guys have had really different experiences too. Like obviously Tara, yours is <laughs> well documented that it wasn't an easy process for you to get Winnie. She's probably the most expensive baby in Britain, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with Kiara, I fell pregnant at 19. Obviously that wasn't planned. It was very unexpected. I was actually on the pill at the time. Stop it, you weren't. I was, yeah. Which is just so ironic considering everything we've then been through. But I was on the pill, I was 19 and I fell pregnant. Obviously, I wouldn't change that for the world. And Kiara is amazing. And she was, I always believed that she was brought into the world to save me. Like, I honestly don't think I would be alive if I hadn't have fallen pregnant and had her. So I was 20 when she was born, but 19 when I fell pregnant. And yeah, she was definitely sent to save me. I mean, that's definitely a story for another day, but I was a wild, loose cannon and I had absolutely no control over my life or people I was hanging around with at the time. I will always... Did you live live on your own when you fell pregnant with her? Had you already, like, had you moved out? Yeah, so I'd got a job, like, an hour and a half away from home, got this job, met a guy that I worked with, hit it off. (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) I was living at work, so I was living in, like, the only way I can describe it is squalor. I worked in a hotel, it was like a private members club, and I had a room with, honestly, a room with a sink in it, and we shared a shower and a toilet between 10 of us, male Mm. and female. Ugh, what? No. And I had to pay to live there. My partner, or Kiara's dad, lived um, in the town that I was working in. I would stay at his... It was a very interesting time. When I was pregnant, I then, we ended up buying a house. Thankfully, I did it on my own. He just lived in the house with me um, and that kind of saved me. And I think having Kiara put me on the right path. You must be the only 20-year-old I know that's bought a house. Just bought a house. Yeah, just bought. It was was like 12 years ago. So a lot has changed then. I wouldn't have been able to do it now. I can tell you that right. I'm 34 and I'm still no closer to owning a house. It is so expensive now, though. Yeah, no thanks, guys. I'll just I'll just stay in my rented accommodation. If you didn't do only mams, and maybe you did the only fans, (laughs) you could afford a house. Look, nobody on this planet needs to see my punch lasagna or vagina. Okay, nobody needs that. No, thank you. You're all good. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a niche out there. There's a kink, and if there is, let me know because. I am running out of maternity pay and I could do with a uh, side hustle. So if you anyone listening, let me know. That house will be a mansion. <laughs> but yeah, then after having Kiara, I met Matt and who is my now husband for anyone that doesn't know. And we decided quite early on that we wanted to have a baby. So obviously we got to work and yeah, nothing happened. And it took a very, very long time. In fact, I think it was around seven years. We went through multiple rounds of IVF, other fertility treatments, surgeries. And yes, with, the, with the IVF, you've had Kiara. You aren't then eligible for funding, right? Nope. So if any of you in a relationship, it actually really depends on where you live and your county or 
hospital group but for ours if anyone in the relationship had a child from a previous relationship it meant that you were no longer eligible for any funding so that even means that if you marry a, a man that has children but you as a female have never carried a child you're still not eligible for I, just, I just I do wonder sometimes how they can monitor that no idea what about you honey well I always thought I would have kids a lot younger than when we actually did but I think life and running a business and as we just stated, having two very high maintenance um, four-legged creatures kept me um, really busy. But we sort of, I came off the pill um, for, for other reasons. And we thought, oh, well, well, we won't be super careful, but, you know, we're not going to actively try. So ours was quite the opposite in other ways, because I actually ended up falling pregnant quite easily, I would say. And it was a little bit of a shock even well it, it was a shock but it wasn't if you if you know what I mean like I was happy but also really scared but I um, do do think that whenever even if you have been trying it's still a shock because yeah. it's still that oh my god I'm pregnant yeah I still remember that feeling when I was waiting for the pregnancy test it sounds awful I mean, but it's, you're super super excited and then you see the positive and then I don't know if you guys had it but the moment I saw it, it was like oh fuck like life will never be the same yeah, I'll start the morning process now. I'll be dressed in black for the foreseeable. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we were we were lucky. I don't take it for granted. I would say, but you know, and it's interesting actually. Obviously, having met Tara through obviously our bump and baby group and everything, like, I didn't realize how uneducated I was in IVF and all of the. I honestly had no idea about it really mm-hmm. and it's one of those things I think I've only really learned more about since obviously knowing knowing you Tara really <laughs> I think, I, I, I think, think I'm, I'm the same though I don't think I really understood how how difficult IVF can be you know emotionally like it's a it's a really like emotional process that I, I didn't realize away from what getting pregnant can be for some people it makes it such quite a traumatic experience yeah and I think well i as we'll probably talk at other times, but it comes with so much, so many different emotions and almost can form some PTSD and some, you know, so many waves of different things can come across you. Whereas obviously I, you know, had a, a more straightforward experience, should I say, but it's... You just you just had a, yeah. had a quick game of hide the sausage. And uh, there we go. Realised very quickly after that um, we were not safe. <laughs> <laughs> We were not putting the precautions in place. Thank you. No, sir. <laughs> I bet Sam was gutted. He's probably like, I have got a good few months of like really, really good. Like ready. And then, like, yeah, and then you're like, this is going to be sick. Oh, guys, being <laughs> pregnant did not stop him. Let me tell you. Christ. Oh, no. Did I send you that thing the other day? There was like a, a video meme and it was like this man basically saying like he, he could not have sex with his wife when she was pregnant because oh, he, yeah. he said it was like it was still in touch the baby and she was just like, mate, it ain't that big. <laughs> but, <laughs> Honey, you're good. There's a good but seven inches straight away. That, that never stops them. Uh-uh. Um, well, yours, yours were quite different, weren't they? what the what getting pregnant you had to try more actively with oakley no no hannah there was i've not had sex i'm a virgin i'm a virgin i i was asleep wasn't i for the entire performance for the entire i was i you know just mum 
I know you're listening to this. I haven't had sex. Okay. They're, they're, they're lying. And I am the Virgin Mary and I was blessed with all three of your grandchildren through other means. Right. No. Um, <laughs> so with Arch, it was a bit like, a bit like you with India. We'd, cause we were only 23. We were still at uni and we'd sort of said like, we'd, we'd like to have children young. And I'd previously had an ectopic pregnancy and they've had to remove a fallopian tube. So I was there thinking like my fertility is like, obviously like definitely going to be halved. Like there's no way I'm it's going to be this M. Did you not? No, yeah. No. So when I was when we, I was like literally like six months into me and Lewis being together, and I was on the pill, and I think I think I'd had a course of anti- antibiotics or something like that. It was an ectopic, but and it obviously didn't, you know, didn't you know come to anything. I had to have my fallopian tube removed. That for me was like, a, oh, that this could like this is probably gonna harm my fertility. Like surely, like I've only you know my my when it came to me like as, as saying that yeah, and like, we we want to have children quite young. It was like well we were trying for ages so we'll just like and it was more for me it was more like well if we try and we try for six months or a year at least I'll know when I'm young enough that I'm going to need some help maybe I'm going to need IVF and also like my mum had really struggled getting pregnant and I just you know there was sort of like an ill-informed assumption that I was also going to struggle and then literally like within a month I I was pregnant I was like oh bollocks like this is um (laughs) this is this is not what I thought was going to happen here uh right okay cool 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 cool. and then you know actually a bit like you with Kiara actually like three years of my life at uni being a bit of a party girl being a bit wild and going out all the time and actually like it really grounded me having Arch um I remember meeting up with some girls from uni like after I'd had him because I had Archie in Germany and they went back to UK and I remember being sat there and they were all going on a on a night out after sort of like a baby shower afterwards. And I remember sitting there just thinking, I can't do that anymore. And I, and like, it was a real like, oof, moment for me. And I know that's a really silly thing because it's it, it's a night out. And now I can't imagine anything worse than going on a night out. I also think when you're young, it's so different because the same with Kiara for me, my friends didn't get it. No. They didn't have any responsibility. No. 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 So they would text me 6pm being like, right, we're going out tonight. Want to come? I'm like, uh no and they'd be like oh okay well maybe next time I'm like I need at least three weeks notice to find a babysitter (laughs) I need to at least three weeks notice prepare myself to have an alcoholic drink because I will be on the floor yeah (laughs) whereas this time round people get it because they're older most of my friends have children are just older completely different stage of your life yeah yeah and I definitely think so. Like I, so I had Arch when I was twenty three, and I didn't have Oakley until I was thirty. Turn, I don't know about you guys, but like for me, turning thirty, it was like a switch went off in my head, and I all of a sudden just like knew myself and knew what I valued in people, knew what I valued in myself, and I just like you know, if, if someone's not adding any value to my life, then I'm not going to keep you around. And there was a shedding of people, I think, in my life, <laughs> which you know it's nothing against them it's just um, I'm a different person than I was when I was 23 but I think as well that part of that is me having another child and me having to having to manage even like even more and all the people that you know that I was friendly with at uni like they've only just started having kids and I'm like and I'm at the end of my journey. Thank you. Yeah. When you have kids, and like a great analogy is like your your plate just becomes full, 
And if no one is adding like any goodness to that plate, like it's not a bit of broccoli coming in your plate, but it's like you just don't have the space to take on people that are just filling your life with crap or no. like no, I don't. not even crap, but just aren't bringing anything to the table. No, they just got you don't have the time to just entertain people anymore. And I think. No. You really do start narrowing your friends down and the quality over quantity era yeah. of life for sure. And when you have kids, I think because you're because you're so invested in these little people that you've created, you've got even less time to waste on people. Mm-hmm. I think it also starts from when you're you're pregnant. And it's actually an interesting one for me because I am one of those people who had no idea and never checked in on people that were like my friends that might have been pregnant or you know I even even my sister who lives in Australia you know I never I just think until you've been pregnant or had a child you have no idea Mm-mm. what you know you, you just haven't got a clue and no. I was one of those people and I actually you know I've had I've actually apologized to some people and just said I'm so sorry I was so shit I just had no, but you don't. no idea and actually it's something I really noticed I really noticed the friends that you know that would just check in now and then or just the little message or I mean even after I had India some people were absolutely incredible and then obviously like meeting obviously Tara and all the other girls from the bump and baby group like you don't realize how important that network of people is and actually, yeah. you know, I've I could honestly say I've made some friends for life through that, hmm. um, and also maybe not I wouldn't say not lost other friends, but you do. I think your life changes when you have yeah. a child, yeah, and therefore your relationships with people people also change. So, an interesting one. Do you think that your relationship with M has changed and become maybe not necessarily stronger, but more kind of like connected because you now see how she would feel about having children and you get those like, it's like a weird one, isn't it? Like when you've not had yeah. children, you've had a friend with children, do you now connect in a different way as well that you kind of get it? Yeah. But weirdly, I don't know. I felt like I've known Emily my whole life from the minute she stepped foot at the yard I was at so like I don't I would say our friendship has been I don't know very very bonded from the minute we met I would honestly say that definitely my person like it felt so natural there was no there's never been what's the word like a I've never felt like I've had to put unnecessary amounts of effort in it's just been Mm. so natural Mm. but then I don't know Emily's one you can't really say that with Em can we Em because she makes parenting look piss easy (laughs) So she could have what? 10. You're just one of those people that just absolutely. Look, it's a graceful it. swan on top, but beneath I am like. <laughs> it's, um, so you make it look, you make it look easy. Cool. You're one of those people that made me feel like, yeah, I, I can do this. I've got wow. it. And even in my beginning days with India, when I was, you know, very emotionally wobbly. And obviously we can go into that in more detail on another one. But, you know, the first person I called was her and there was absolutely no questioning that it was just a natural response I just I needed her and it was someone that just understood and I knew that she would get it and I knew that she would there'd be no judgment from what you're saying yeah I suppose we're like family that's how I see it yeah kids are like my like like my nieces and nephews so you just I think it does more deeply bond you you know yeah it's a weird one as well because I feel like when you said since you've known Em, it just felt like you've known her forever. Obviously, I 
met M through you and I've only known you like a year but I feel like for both of you I feel like I've just known you forever and you've always been a part of my life and even like Kiara feels like you guys have always been a part of my life like I pick her up from school she's like I was seeing Hannah Adidas today or, <laughs> why can't em- why can't Emily pick me up from school <laughs> yeah for me didn't do the NCT bump baby class and for me like I I felt like it was going to be me sitting there listening to people who are going to be really really new to like giving birth and all these questions and I just thought I've done it before and I don't need to do it so Hannah was like I'm going to one and I was like well I'll just piggyback off you you go make the friends and I'll just cherry pick the good ones so Tara you made the cut babe you made the cut but no I think there is there's absolutely merit in those in those groups they just weren't they just weren't going to be for me Um, no but I also think like most people who do them it's first time parents obviously had Kiara like 12 years ago so I wanted to do something it was Matt's first child and I really wanted to make friends but for me it was like more about making the friends than doing the classes which was probably a good job because I think I went to two. Um, <laughs> Money well <laughs> how, how, many, how many were there hand? Like maybe seven, six. Yeah, I went they to two. Definitely missed most of them. I think yeah, some we, people did it as well, didn't they? Because one of the girls had her first baby in lockdown, so she yeah. didn't meet anyone either. Hmm. But yeah, it was it was mostly new new mums for sure. I think that was the reason why as well. Obviously, I didn't want to miss them. My child just wasn't vibing. Decided to be a diva before she was even born. Um, I wonder who she gets that from. Definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think some of the stuff it can be a bit patronising, um, but I don't think it's meant to be. Like I definitely took away a lot of things from there, and there was a lot lot of stuff that I learned or didn't know, and I think it really helped me be an advocate for myself and knowing that things like you don't have to be induced or you don't have to do the like everything that they tell you to do you you have a choice and also kind of like a few of the different steps in labor mm. yeah I definitely took took some things away from the two classes that I went to do you feel like obviously because obviously you said you didn't go to you know a class with when you were pregnant with Kiara do you think that was because you were an eight like you were young and you didn't feel yeah, I was 19, 20, and I thought I knew everything. Like, I yeah. just, I also I think... Didn't, I didn't go to one with Archie either, but I, I think... Don't, I think I thought I would be judged. I think I thought I was worried that I would be the young one. No one would care. No one would, like, want to be friends with me. Like, they'd all be older. I lived in quite an affluent area. We all know, like, the mums we see, and I think we are now them, but I was just a bit, like, maybe intimidated, and I didn't really want to... To do that I was, I, was, definitely... I was so young however when Winnie when Kiara was about three months old my mum basically told me I had to start doing some baby classes and I was like I'm not doing any I went to one and I was by about 10 years the youngest person there and I was mortified they looked at me like I was a piece of shit on their shoe which I find really funny because now being in my 30s, I would never do that if I saw a 20-year-old mum come to oh, a baby no. class. No. But that's how I felt. And maybe they weren't being like that, but it was just the way I felt at the time. So I ended up finding an under-21s or under-25s baby class and did meet some really lovely people. And actually, one of my best friends was from that class. And her son is now, he'll be 14 this year and Kiara will be 13 this year. 
and that is just mad that we're still really good friends we don't speak all the time but when we do speak it's like we've never not spoken and Mm. she was a friend that I met in some of those really early days like Kiara was less than three months old yeah so obviously you've talked about the fact that you obviously missed a lot of those classes was this pregnancy with Winnie different to the pregnancy that you've had with Kiara like in terms of how you were feeling like did you have any issues definitely I pregnancy wise with Kiara I was very naive I didn't know that anything could happen I didn't know anything could go wrong I pretty much breezed through my pregnancy I didn't really enjoy being pregnant I would say I was uncomfortable I just wanted my baby here I was like the first bit drags the middle bit goes really quickly the end bit drags however with Kiara my waters did break at 29 weeks Stop but really? they didn't believe me so this is the this is the weird thing they didn't believe me and my mum took me into the hospital I was like my waters have gone I was at work I honestly felt like a gush of water and they just said to me you wet yourself you can go home they didn't do any internal examinations they didn't do any scans nothing after that I kept going back into hospital because I kept getting urine infections and then I was must have been like yeah maybe about 38 weeks and I went to the doctors and they did my blood pressure my blood pressure was really high and they like basically rushed me straight into hospital I had to stay in then they said that they were baby was head down. They were going to induce me because they needed to get the baby out because my blood pressure was so high. And I kind of put my foot down and was like, no, something's wrong. I want a scan. They refused. So my mum came in and was like, she's having a scan. She wants a scan. She's having a scan. They did this scan and they were like, your baby's measuring massive. You've got no water and your baby's breech and she's stuck. And she was like folded in half, bum her bum was engaged so if they'd induced me it could have been really dangerous so within a few hours I was rushed in for an emergency c-section and she was born she was 11 days early born on the 11th of the 11th 2011 what what a birthday (laughs) that is so her dad didn't make it so my mum was there he made it literally as she was being pulled out and yeah she was dry as a bone and they say that that your water can kind of like come back but my waters were really low so like when they broke like my waters there was like hardly anything there a dribble <laughs> yeah and they were like this you're just so lucky this hadn't been worse and I was like but nobody ever checked me so that happened with Kiara and then with Winnie I didn't in- join my pregnancy I wanted to I, I I loved being pregnant I loved knowing that she was safe but I didn't enjoy it because of the previous losses we'd had I just was worried the whole time I bled till I was 16 weeks it was just a very very traumatic you were in that hospital quite a lot as well yeah. weren't you? so I was having contractions from 28 weeks I was I had reduced movements I had a scan at 26 weeks where they I had too much amniotic fluid so she was under fetal medicine they basically said she had small limbs and a massive head and that I needed to be slightly worried because there could be something wrong with her I just had so many things going wrong early on and then late on that I just I think it ruined my experience and I think I was paranoid anyway and then all these things were happening and I was just like whoa 
I was consultant led um, because of our previous losses. So yeah, the whole thing was just a blur, I think. And I look back and I think I loved being pregnant, but I never enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved my bump. I loved how it made me feel. But yeah, I did a lot of counselling and I really needed to change my mindset from something was going to go wrong to something that this is going to be a healthy baby that's going to be okay. Do you think there was an element of not only because obviously you have experienced two like losses, but an element of it has come from your pregnancy with Kiara where you, you know, towards the end there was yeah. there was issues. There was was there that do you think that's also been I don't know. I feel like it's just I feel like I'd kind of got over that and I was just so ready. And I think just with everything we'd been through, I just did never thought we were going to bring home a healthy baby. Right. Um, and then every time there was like another hurdle, I was like, this is just another bump in the road that's stopping us. Right. And then at 34 weeks, I remember thinking, this is all going to be good. Like, I've made it this far. You didn't, you didn't have that feeling now, until 34 weeks. You'll be okay. Yeah. And... Then at 36 weeks, it was Easter holidays and it was like the last Friday of the Easter holidays. And I said to Kiara, I'm going to take her to this cake making course. I'm going to take her along. The last thing we'll do, just the two of us, um, because I'd had my C-section was planned for 37 weeks. And I went to the toilet as we were just about to leave the house and I looked down and there was blood. And I thought, oh, God, no. And I just burst into tears and I started screaming. And Kiara was stood outside the door. She started crying. Matt came running downstairs. He was like, what's happened? I was like, I'm bleeding. And I just remember we were calling the hospital. I'd packed my bags and they were on the landing. Matt just grabbed them, pulled them down the stairs, chucked them in the car. And I was like, we need to go to hospital now. I was calling the hospital and they weren't answering. And I said, let's just go. We'll just call them when we're on the way. And yeah, we did. We got through and they were like, yep, just come straight in. And then, yeah, she was born that day. But what's the, what, what, was, what, was the ble- what was the bleeding about? Was that just... So my placenta ruptured. Fucking <laughs> so That's like, it's usually only 10% of people who have placenta abruption will have any signs. And if you don't have any signs, then like 90% of so babies just... make it. The only reason I knew about it And the only reason I think, I probably would have gone to hospital anyway, but I just remember there's a lovely, lovely lady I follow on Instagram. She had a placenta abruption at 36 weeks, 37 weeks, I can't remember. And she didn't know. She she didn't have any signs. And by the time she went to the hospital, her waters broke. She started bleeding. Her baby had already died. And he passed away. And I will always remember, oh my God, I'm going to cry because it literally makes me so sad but like I just remember talking to her and her telling her story and saying she never wants her baby to be forgotten she wants to be able to change other people's stories because they've they know about him and his name's Lorenzo and that he can save other babies lives and I remember when Winnie was born oh my god I'm gonna cry (laughs) when Winnie was born I text her before I told anybody else to say before I put it out on Instagram to say that Winnie had been born and if it wasn't for her sharing her story, Winnie may not have no. made it because maybe I wouldn't have gone in, if that yeah. makes sense. And That's so lovely. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so lovely that it's come out of something so awful. But mm. I think this is the, like, the power of social media, isn't it? That now that you can that you can share your story and you can be really raw in your emotion. 
and it can save someone's life so you know yeah. like she said you know something something that's so so awful has happened to her but it's it's given you Winnie yeah and she's now pregnant with twins bloody hell amazing like she's gonna be she's gonna have her hands full but she is just like a little boy and a little girl and I'm just so like I just remember when she told me and I just burst into tears I've never met the girl but I feel like we're so connected all through an app which is just mad but yeah yeah I just I had an emergency c-section but in that moment I just loved it I just felt like someone was watching over me and everything was going to be okay did you feel like a sense of relief almost that you'd got you'd got there your baby yeah. was there you were in that moment maybe that was maybe part of that as well you know which is amazing yeah Matt said he was absolutely shitting it and he was like you were just so calm I couldn't understand <laughs> take a picture peek over the curtain have a look take a picture so I can see what they're doing and he's going no oh no. god <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressed they don't want me to do that <laughs> Even after I'd had her. So obviously I'd had the C-section. We were put back in the recovery room and I lifted up my, (laughs) I sound so bad now, lifted up my like gown and was like, take a picture of my sky. I want to see what it looks like. And he's like, please no. (laughs) When I was flicking from my photos the other day, I was like, oh, what is that? (laughs) Oh, that's just me. Cut in half. Staggy like afterbirth belly, a bit of toast in my hands, a bit of beaver and then a big scar. You are raw sex appeal. <laughs> it's a wonder that you've ever had sex again, based on that image alone. <laughs> what about you, Han? Do you obviously this India was your like first baby, and I know that you obviously you were your sister's birth partner, so you'd witnessed you know a live birth. But was yeah. pregnancy for you everything that you thought it was going to be? Like, did you enjoy it? Like, was it? Uh, I. Th- I think I've always been quite realist about pregnancy. I I never thought I'd enjoy it, if I'm honest, and I definitely didn't. I think just where I have such an active lifestyle, on my feet, obviously with work, horse riding, just a very active person. It just really, well, I suppose it didn't, it did hold me back in many ways, but it didn't at the same time. I mean, I was still doing... still riding, weren't you? I rode up until quite late, which some people may think I was crazy. Um, You know, however, it was, it was safe. I wasn't yeah. doing anything crazy. But yeah, I think I rode up until about 32 weeks and I was still mucking out the two horses myself up and well, I stopped. I got severe sciatica um at about 28 29 weeks and my sister ended up having to take over cuz I just I couldn't manage it my back and the sciatica was too bad. But I didn't I had really I was had really bad morning sickness up until about 26 weeks mm. um probably I not as severe as yours but I was definitely I had to have a few you know dash out the cars on the side of the road and so like I didn't um like with the boys I was a li- I, w- I was sick but I wasn't like you know it, it wasn't hindering my life in any way but then when I fell pregnant with Ottie, I had to have so much time off because I was just so ill. Like You were really poorly, really, really poorly. Really poorly, like constantly being sick. And it just, it just like, it felt like it was never ending. And like, I had to, I think you came around for dinner one, like one day. And I could like, I basically sat there and like Lewis like done a roast dinner and it was really, really lovely. And we're all sat there eating it, talking about like, oh, like pregnancy and like, you know, the future, woo, having a baby. And then giving myself like the tiniest portion. 
And within minutes, I was out of the room and I was like seeing it again. And that was like every time I ate to the point where I had to go to hospital. They said they were like, it's either a girl or twins. And I was like, I swear to God. If Do you know, though, that's twins, so interesting because um, a friend of mine was so, so sick, like severely sick, but she had a boy. So I just, I just can't, I don't know. I've always heard it's more with girls. But... I, so I think with, for me, that, that was my, it was, I knew there was a difference. So with the boys, I'd been, I'd been poorly, but not to the point where it was like stopping me doing stuff. With Otty, I was literally like bed bound. Just couldn't stop being sick. Had no energy. You went to hospital get... one day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Went went to hospital, and that's when they did a scan. And I was like, "Can you just confirm there's only one baby in there? Because I, if there's and two, if, if that wasn't, if Otty wasn't going to be your last baby, would you have just not had another one anyway because of the sickness? If Otty had have been my first pregnancy, would I have had another? Probably not. Bad. You were bad. It's not. It's horrible. It is horrible. The, I, the other thing that I, I think actually hit me more that people always said to me and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, and then it's that it's that pregnancy tiredness. Oh, that is something else. I've never experienced yeah. tiredness it's, it's, it's a different ever. kind of tired. It, and so obviously when I when I fell pregnant with Oakley, I was I was tired, but I had a child that could sort of sort himself out like he could get himself dressed. He could get in the bath. He could you know get, take himself to bed I was able to not have to parent too hard like I could just sort of muddle through on my really tired days but then when I was pregnant with Ottie and had Oakley to look after who wasn't at nursery I was just fucking shattered and literally like Lewis had walked through the door and I'd just be like a little wilted flower like I'm going to bed now because I can't do life anymore like I could not do it and I don't know how people have like three under three. Hats off to you people out there. You are fucking mental, but absolutely not. So what you're basically saying to Hannah is you were tired, but wait till your second. You're going to be yeah, even more yeah, tired. Yeah. So you were tired, <laughs> but you are going to yeah. be so much more tired if and when you have another, because you are going to have uh, to deal with her. If, capital if. You <laughs> <laughs> will. She can't be an only child. No, I know. I just, the thought of being pregnant again. I'd, I'd give birth again. Yeah. Being pregnant. Is the birth what put, bit for me was the bit. I hated, I hated the change in my body. Obviously I'd lost a significant amount of weight. And literally when I found out I was pregnant, I just got to like a point that I was really comfortable, like just you were like- much more got rid of all my bigger clothes bought a whole new wardrobe but I hated the change in my body I didn't ever look at my bump and think oh that's really lovely like I think it actually like grossed me out a bit which actually I didn't really realize that I felt like that until well not more recently but probably like over time I've realized it Mm. I just didn't I don't think I connected with my bump in particular or like a, a bit maybe but I definitely didn't I just sort of, I don't know, maybe part of me felt like it also wasn't real. And was yeah. actually going to have a baby. Like, you just don't just know. Just backtracking do you? on the whole, like, weight mm. gain thing. I think as you're, when you're older, obviously, we're all, we were all older this time around. Your body doesn't go back to normal. There's no, no bounce back. No. The younger you are, the, the easier it is. I mean, with Kiara, my body bounced back very easily. As you get older, I've definitely noticed that doesn't happen. But also... I think as women, we need to appreciate our bodies. Absolutely, yeah. We grew yeah. organs. We grew bones. 
And not just that one little boner that the men grow. I'd like to add, bones. I've grown more penises than anyone else in this house. I'm just putting it out there. I deserve a medal for that alone. Yeah. Like you grew another person's heart, another person's lungs. Like you actually grew that person. And then we stand in the mirror and we look at our bodies and go, oh God, oh God, look at those stretchments. Oh God, I wish that bit. But that body grew another body. Yeah. I don't care what anyone else says. Your body is bloody incredible. Like how it's taken me so long to realize this. And today I just had this like realization. I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I, a little I, bit of extra pocket of bump and lump that can stay there with oakley um there was a significant weight gain like during my pregnancy shall we say and and it I mean, was did that have anything to do with eating family sized trifles at four o'clock in the morning yes it might have look it was a, it was a problem um i yes Yes, I was going down to the fridge around 4am, going with, with with a spoon, armed with a family-sized trifle, and literally, like, I'd be like, I'll just have one spoonful. And then um, five spoonfuls later, and my head in the bowl, I was like, ah, yeah. And then I did think that might be why I've gained some weight. Yes, yes, that is, that's probably why, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, she's saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, so I didn't bounce back after Oakley, and it was probably the 4am trifle. Every other day. Yes, Hannah, thank you. I get it. <laughs> a mistake. Like, if anyone's pregnant now, I would recommend you not doing that. That would be a terrible idea. Don't do the whole, oh, I'm eating for two. You're not eating for two. Just eat, eat what you'd normally eat and don't eat shit because actually it doesn't help you in the long run. Um, and I've never bounced back. So part of our episode is going to be solving one of your mommy dilemmas. We have had an email in um, from a lovely lady who has given us a little dilemma here. She's not actually a mum yet. However, she's asked us for some help. So here it is. Hi, all. This might trigger some people, but I'm just looking for some answers and I don't mean to make anyone mad, but I'm actually having a really hard time right now. I'm 30 and the plan was always to start a family with my husband soon. However, now I don't really know if I want to. I started following you so I can see if I should or not. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> we'll carry on. I can't really get over the fact that I have to sacrifice so much. My body, my health, my sleep, my career, my craft room and my hobbies. I will basically become an incubator and feed and a feed bag. My whole experience will revolve around this tiny thing and I'm supposed to put everything else on hold for years to do this. Is it really worth it? I was but, a bit shocked by this because I was like, "That's heavy. Mums. That's a lot. That's a lot." Um, I would say yes, it's absolutely worth it. I don't think, like, I mean, the fact that you're being mindful of the fact that you are going to have to, you know, make some adjustments to your life is already a step in the right direction because most people who have babies you know don't have that thought they just do it but equally there's never a good time to have a baby so if you're if you're there waiting for a waiting for a moment to think right now yeah this is a really great time it's never going to happen I don't think you'll ever I don't think you'd ever regret having a baby I don't think you ever, ever regret having children but I think you'd regret not knowing what it's like having a child and I really liked this dilemma because I thought do you know what we all 
we say all this stuff as if it's like we're having a bad time or we don't enjoy it. All three of us absolutely love being mums. Oh God, that literally is like my favourite thing. There's not one bit that I don't enjoy. Yes, I'd love a little bit more sleep. Yes, I'd love to do some of my own hobbies sometimes. But you know what? I would sacrifice all that for my children. And I think you're, you change so much as a person. You have so much more love to give. And although we, we laugh and we joke and we we make fun of being a mum and we say like, oh my God, it's so awful. It is really all just a bit of a facade. Like we don't hate being mums. We love it. And yeah. I would tell anyone, if you want a baby, mm-hmm. like, and and you you have that feeling in you, yes, you will have to give up everything. But you don't have to give up everything at the same no, time. No, no, you, you, you become an incubator for nine months. You don't have to become a feeding machine. You you can share those tasks with your husband. You can still travel. You can still do your hobbies. You I, can still I've, be I don't, you. I don't think I've stopped doing anything I want to do since I've been a mum. If I want to go on holiday, I'll go on holiday. Yeah. If I want to, you know, spend some time, do just do it. Kids are portable. And actually, it's a great life experience if you can take them with you. Like it's I just- think for me, it's interesting listening to that because there's elements of that that I can relate to. I literally always thought I'd have kids so much younger than I was. And then we went through a stage that I suddenly became really wobbly about it. I'd got a bit older, we'd become a bit selfish. I quite enjoyed my own time. We loved doing our luxury holidays, doing what we wanted when we wanted. And that sudden realization that actually all of that could be taken away. We were like, I don't don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, it is. All I would would say, and don't get me wrong, I still, it's, it's a juggle. That is what I would say. Like it's a juggle. However, until you have had your own child, you can't, Honestly, the love and completeness that it fit that it sort of gives you within your life is worth everything. And you don't think about those things anymore. It becomes completely irrelevant. Hmm. And your life just becomes so much more wholesome. And so I don't know. I just think I get it. I get it though. You just you muddle through and you make it work. And there's, you know, it doesn't all have to be on mum. Like I have an incredibly supportive husband. Like absolutely unbelievable we are so 50 50 and it's doable and i think his hands around your neck right now hannah (laughs) (laughs) is he holding a gun to you hannah do we need to send help (laughs) no i am yeah i think as long as these things are just if you had those discussions before and maybe you decide that actually you know breastfeeding might be too much you don't want that pressure on you like it there's no there's no right or wrong with these things and you just got to do whatever works for you completely agree um so to but yeah I think that's quite a nice place to end as well yeah do it do it you'll have three cheerleaders here cheering you on if you do and we'd love to know (laughs) if you end up having children or end up getting pregnant um please keep us updated yeah we want to know we want to know whether you whether you take the plunge maybe you already have oh Every week we want to do a shout out to a small business that we love and uh, this week I would really, really love to give my lovely friend Laura a shout out. Um, She owns a company called Pretty Little Stitches and she hand sews gorgeous, gorgeous embroidery onto cardigans. Um, Ottie has got so many of her her things. Um, She even made stockings for the kids for Christmas. They are just beautiful. So if you go over to her, her Instagram, it's Pretty Little Stitches 1 and you'll see all of the gorgeous things that she's made. Please, please, please support her. She's absolutely fabulous. Thanks. Well, thank you everyone for listening. It's been absolutely lovely to have you again and we will see you on our next episode. Bye.